My name is Jim with CGC Sports Illustrated. This is podcast episode number nine. Today, I'm going to talk about one issue and one issue only, and that's because it's an issue that keeps coming up again and again. This is the number one question I get asked all the time, and in in some ways, I'm kind of surprised, and in other ways, I'm not really surprised at all. I'm talking about the difference between newsstand issues and subscription issues. Now, if you're experienced in this hobby, there's still going to be some great information here for you. But with so many new people coming into this hobby, and believe me, there are tons and tons of new people coming into this hobby every single day. Uh, You should see my DMs. Uh, And because of all these new people, I feel newsstand versus subscription is something I need to cover in a separate standalone conversation. I've talked about newsstand versus subscription a lot before, but I've never done a video or a podcast. just dedicated to this one single topic. And because this is so important, I mean, this is like the first rule you need to know when getting into this hobby. Um, So it's important. And I wanted to do a video and a podcast where this was the only topic covered. So that's all I'm going to talk about today. Why this hobby is all about newsstand issues and not subscription issues. Um, We'll walk through all the reasons why. Plus, uh, we'll take a look at the different types of subscription issues, some terms used around them, and how you can spot them. If you like what I'm doing and what you think I'm saying on these videos and this podcast is interesting, go ahead and comment and subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to my podcast. It's available wherever you get podcasts, including um, places like Amazon Alexa, where you can just say, hey, Alexa, play the CGC Sports Illustrated podcast. Um, Follow me on Twitter, TikTok, eBay, Instagram, Facebook. It's all the same username on every platform, CGC Sports Illustrated. My email, cgcsportsillustrated at gmail.com. So like I was saying before, nearly every day I get someone who reaches out to me. Um, You know, they just discovered that graded Sports Illustrated are a thing. They're all excited. You know, they're saying something like, you know, I've got all these Sports Illustrated in my basement. What are they worth? Um, And my response is always the same. Are they subscription issues? Are they newsstand issues? Um, and 99% of the time, they're subscription issues. And, you know, I have to be the one to tell them the bad news. They're really not worth that much. Um, but then I usually get the response of, yeah, okay, but why? And in some ways, that second question that they ask me why is, 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 is a little bit funny. And I laugh a little because they kind of answered their own question. Um, you know, the answer is because you have stacks and stacks of them in your basement. All of us have stacks and stacks of subscription issues in our basement. And, you know, when all of us have something, it's no longer really collectible. So uh, I'm going to show you some examples. I use eBay a lot for my visuals um, on these videos because I think they show some good examples visually. But I always feel kind of bad when I use someone's posting to try and explain something that's a negative or something you don't want to do. So um, dogging on your listing is not my intent. But I do think it's important for the hobby that as many people as possible have as much information as possible. And so that's why I use eBay for a lot of these examples. So sorry if this is your post or some of these are your posts that I'm dogging on them. Um, Let's start out with what a subscription issue looks like when it's in a CGC slab. So this is a graded subscription issue. 
you can see that if we zoom in here and look at it, it says subscription edition. And that's right. So just next to that 7.5, it says Paul Zimmerman, Bob, Bob Kravitz, and William Knack. Just above that, it says subscription edition. Now, unfortunately, CGC no longer labels newsstand editions as newsstand editions. They used to, but they stopped doing that. Um, I can show you an example of what one does look like. Uh, because the old ones, if you have an issue that was graded a long time ago when this was, you know, the way CGC did things, you might see this. So here's an example. This is from my personal collection. This is Dr. J's first Sports Illustrated issue from 1974. It was graded a long time ago. But you can see there above where the writer's names are, it says newsstand edition. So you may run into one of those. They're pretty rare, um, but you may run into those, may run into those every now and then. Here's what most of your newsstand issues will look like. Again, we're zooming in on the top of the label, and you know, full disclosure, this is a this is this is one of my listings on eBay. This is a Sports Illustrated I've got for sale, um, and you can see there's there's no mention of newsstand and there's no mention of subscription. So when you see that blank like that, you know that this is a newsstand edition. Um, as long as it doesn't say subscription edition, it's a newsstand edition. One more thing I do want to point out, though, if you look right there as we're zoomed in right under where it says the date in the middle, it says Time Inc. in November 19th, 2018, it says the word subscription insert. Now, keep in mind, that's completely different. That has nothing to do with this being a subscription issue. That, has, that means that those little um, cardboard cards that you get in magazines where the company wants you to fill out your name and subscribe to the, um, subscribe to the magazine, that means though that subscription insert is still in this magazine. So... I know it's a little bit confusing. It's why I keep talking about this. It's why I'm doing a dedicated video about this. So again, where it says subscription insert right underneath the date, that's okay. Just means it's got the little subscription card in there. What you don't want is where it says subscription edition right over the, um, the, uh, the uh, people who have written articles there. Um, so I think that's a pretty big um, addition or, or, or distinction. When I say that subscription issues aren't really collectible, you have to understand that this isn't really me saying that subscription issues aren't that collectible. This is the market saying this. Believe me, I wish subscription issues were collectible because like I mentioned before, I've got tons and tons of them, but so does everybody else. So this is the market saying that subscription issues aren't very collectible. And I'm going to try and explain why the market feels that way, or at least why I think the market feels that way. Um, so let's dig in onto that first big question. And that's okay. Why? So I think it comes down to simple economics. It is supply and demand. Sports Illustrated has said that their weekly subscription over the years, and they've been around for 70 plus years, it's averaged about two to three million weekly. That's their weekly circulation. That means that Sports Illustrated produced about two to three million copies of each and every single issue every week since they started since 1954. Now, those numbers are going to change. Some years, I'm sure they were like a million, especially in 1954 when they first started. I think their peak subscription um, circulation was about 3.6 or 3.9 million. But two to three million a week gives you a nice average, and that was pretty consistent for a long period of time. But that's two to three million issues of every issue every week. I, I've, I've said this a lot before, and it's very true. Those are junk wax era numbers. For those of you that don't collect sports cards in the 80s and 90s um, of sports card collecting, that era is referred to as the junk wax era. And it's because the cards are mostly junk. 
Um, and but that's because Tops and Fleer and Dunrust and you know the rest of the sports card producers literally made millions and millions of copies of every single card, just like Sports Illustrated made millions and millions of copies of all their issues. Whenever you've got millions and millions of anything, that thing is really no longer collectible because they're everywhere. Again, everyone's got stacks and stacks of subscription issues in their basement. Your stack isn't special and it's not very collectible. Um, by the way, as, as kind of a side here, with despite all the digital innovation that's happened in the last 20 years, and despite the fact that magazines of all type are in terrible financial trouble because, you know, quote, nobody buys and reads magazines anymore. Um, it came out in 2020, Sports Illustrated still had 1.6 million subscribers um, just last year. That data came out because Sports Illustrated was sold um, to a hedge fund last year. And so during the sale process, um, that kind of information came out. So SI is still producing millions of copies every week. Okay, so from a su supply side perspective, that's why subscription issues aren't very collectible. So now let's move on to the supply side of newsstand issues and why newsstand issues are collectible. The best estimate that we can come up with is that of the millions and millions of Sports Illustrated copies produced every single week, about 2% of those were newsstands. And Sports Illustrated has always been a little bit vague on this, but they've hinted throughout the years as to how many um, newsstand uh, issues were produced as part of their circulation numbers. So 2% is, 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 is a fairly accurate guess. So now if you do the math, 2% of two to 3 million, that's only about 50 to 60,000 newsstand copies of each, each, of each issue each week. Now we're talking, okay? Now we're getting somewhere. We're moving closer into the kinds of numbers for something being collectible. 50 to 60,000 is still a lot. Um, but let's look at how many of those 50 to 60,000 issues have survived since they were printed. And and take it a step further, of those issues that have survived and weren't thrown away, how many of them are still in good uh, uh, condition? Keep in mind, when it comes to the supply side of the equation, it's better to look at comic books than sports cards. And this makes sense. Comic books, and I've, I've said this you know, a lot, graded magazines are, especially Sports Illustrated magazines, are really a combination of sports card collecting and comic book collecting. Comic books and magazines are used in the same way. They're read, you flip through them, you put it on the kitchen table, you, you know, read through it again later, you bend the pages, um, you, know, you might end up on the floor and your dog might walk on it. Sports cards weren't really used that way and aren't really used that way. They're really just kind of looked at. So unless you were, you know, sticking your sports cards in the spokes of your bicycle, which plenty of people did, um, you really didn't do much with them other than sort through them and kind of look at them. So while there are three Mickey Mantle rookies at PSA 10, there's never been a 9.8 from Mickey Mantle's first Sports Illustrated issue in 1956. And I think that's a really important distinction to make. The way the end consumer, not collector, used magazines and sports illustrated it's different than the way the end user not collector used sports cards again this hobby is a combination of 
sports cards and comic books. And when it comes to supply side, I think we need to be looking more at what we can learn from comic books. So as you can see, I've got pulled up. This is the CGC census for action comics. Number one, probably um, this is the first appearance of Superman. So it may be the biggest, most important comic book of all time. About the best analogy I could make to the Mickey Mantle rookie card. Um, but if you look at the census here, if you can see this, 9.0 is the highest graded copy of that action comic. There are only two of them. All of this information I mentioned before, there, you know, there are um, three PSA 10 Mickey Mantles. All of this uh, for sports cards. There, all of this information I've given you can be, you know, boils down to one word, and that is rarity. We collect newsstand sports issues because they are rare. Why is a PSA 10 sports card better than a PSA 8? Because PSA 10s are more rare. We collect graded newsstand issues because they are so rare. So rare, so tough to find in any condition, most, much less something that will pull you know, a 9.0 plus grade from CGC. Um, and let me give you an example of this. I've been talking about this issue a lot lately because it's it, one, probably my favorite issue right now. Um, this is Dr. J's first Sports Illustrated issue from 1974. Um, I do own this, as I mentioned before, in a 4.5. Um, Dr. J is obviously one of the all-time greats. He was the Michael Jordan before there was a Michael Jordan. This is an amazing looking cover. He's got his old ABA uniform there. If you look real closely at the top, you can see the old ABA, red, white, and blue basketball. Such a great looking cover. Dr. J's first cover from one of the all-time greats. As of today, there are only nine newsstand copies of this issue that have ever been graded. Nine. Nine. That's it. The highest graded is 9.2, and there's only one of them. Uh, by the way, if we want to compare those numbers to sports cards, there have been almost 4,000 Dr. J rookie cards from 1972 that have been graded. So just to compare, 4,000 rookie sports cards versus nine copies of Dr. J's Rookie Sports Illustrated. I'll say it again. We collect newsstand issues because they are rare. I, I, I mean, do me a favor. Just try and find a raw, ungraded copy of this issue. Just try and find one for sale anywhere in any condition. And I, I'm honestly being serious. Please try and find one. And when you do, message me because I want to buy it. They are impossible to find in newsstand. Um, you could easily find them in subscription, but not in newsstand. And again, I own this at 4.5. So I own one of those nine copies um, that have been graded. I bought it already graded because in all my years of doing this, I've never been able to find a raw newsstand copy of this, um, of this specific issue. So that's the supply and demand part of the equation. And the numbers are really clear. Here's another thing to keep in mind. Subscription issues are listed separately in the CGC census. And I found that any issues that are listed separately in the CGC census, and I mean separate from the normal weekly Sports Illustrated, um, they tend to have less collectability. And I'm not 100% sure why. This certainly goes for subscription issues. But um, for example, even the collector's edition of Sports Illustrated are listed separately. Those are uh, generally called Sports Illustrated Presents. Those are listed separately in the CGC census. And for some reason, they don't seem to be as collectible. So I think this plays a part into it. The fact that they are separated from the normal weekly issues and listed differently. Um, and those, those Sports Illustrated presents issues, you know, despite the fact they may have high grades. I mean, 9.8, I've seen plenty of them at 9.8, massive superstars on the cover, like, you know, Michael Jordan or, or Wayne Gretzky. 
Um, there's got to be something there. So being listed separately in the census with CGC seems to also have something to do with it. Um, everyone seems to want the regular weekly issues in newsstand, preferably big stars and their first cover. Um, let's move on to this example that I want to show you here. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about spotting subscription issues and, and, and the risk that you run. So most people just getting into this hobby usually think, well, you know, there's a mailing label on an issue, then it's a subscription issue. And if there's no mailing label, then it's a newsstand. Um, and that makes sense if you're just getting started. But of course, the real answer is it depends. It's complicated. Um, another thing that a lot of people think when they start getting into this hobby is, well, if I just remove the label, then CGC will classify it as a newsstand issue. Easy, no problem. Um, yeah, not so easy. Um, not easy at all. In fact, more like impossible. CGC uses advanced techniques to spot issues that have had their label removed. I myself have gotten burned on this a number of, time in the, number of times in the past. I've sent in issues where I thought I was 100% certain that they were newsstand issues, only to have them come back labeled subscription edition. I looked at those issues under all kinds of lighting. I even used UV lighting. I've got a little UV flashlight um, that I look at it. I looked at it under natural light. Um, different angles of light, magnification, everything. I was certain that these were newsstand issues, but they weren't. So if you try removing a label and submit that issue, it will come back as subscription edition. And, and this, is, um, this is very important. And I'm going to say this twice. This is very important because I've been burned on this. I know tons of other people that have already been burned on this. When you're buying raw ungraded issues that look like newsstand issues, the seller may even be claiming that they're newsstand issues. At the end of the day, you never know. And you're taking a risk that CGC will look at the issue and label it subscription edition. And this is the example I wanna show you. This was a recent sale that took place on eBay. This is a raw copy of Michael Jordan's first Sports Illustrated issue from 1983, sold on eBay for 2,500 bucks. That's a ton of money for a raw issue. That's the most I've ever seen in a public sale for a raw issue. Looks like a newsstand issue, and it probably is a newsstand issue. But you never know for certain. And the more money you pay for a raw issue increases that risk. How much risk are you willing to take knowing that until it comes back from CGC, and based on CGC's wait times, could be a year or two until you get it back, until it comes back from CGC, you never know with 100% certainty whether or not it's a newsstand issue. So it's just something that you've got to ask yourself. Um, it's a question you've got to ask yourself before buying any raw ungraded issue. Are you willing to risk 2,500 bucks buying that Jordan issue? Regardless of your question, um, you need to ask it of yourself. So let's look at some label examples here. Okay, so um, these are things you wanna look for when identifying, when trying to identify if an issue is subscription or not. The first one, really easy. This issue clearly has a mailing label. It's in its usual spot in the bottom left corner. This is certainly a subscription issue. No problem, you'll see tons of these. Another thing to keep in mind too, this is a vertical label. So you can see this is a, by the way, I love this cover, John Elway's first Sports Illustrated cover. You can see the mailing label vertically on the side. So this is more common um, in vintage issues, um, but you'll still see them even going into the 80s. What's really important about this is 
when you're looking to see if a label has been removed, you can't just check this bottom left-hand corner, like where his knee is there. You've also got to check vertically along the spine there. And I've seen um, labels that were placed, you know, kind of in the top or the midsection to the top area around the spine. Sometimes you see the mailing labels that got put toward the middle in the bottom or toward the right in the bottom. You kind of look, um, you kind of got to look everywhere along that bottom and then up the spine. Um, but keep in mind that that vertical label, not as common, but there are still plenty of them out there and you need to make sure that you're looking um, in both places. Okay, so sometime in the early 90s, and it wasn't just this sudden shift where one day Sports Illustrated started doing things differently. Everything that I've seen, it looks like they went back and forth for a year or two, but sometime in the early 90s, Sports Illustrated went to what's called the white box method for address labels. And you can see this here. Um, on this example, white boxes, the white box label, it's actually part of the cover. It's not something that can be removed. Um, you know, instead of filling up that whole issue with ink, um, they just don't print any ink on that white box section. This example here, there's a white box, there's a you know mailing address in there. This is considered a subscription issue and CGC will label it that way. Um, now, the good news is, is that once you get past the mid 90s, all issues were either white box subscription issues or newsstand issues. So if you come across an issue and you're like, okay, it's the early 2000s and you don't see the white box, you can be 100% confident that that's a newsstand issue or that CGC will label it, um, that won't label it as a subscription issue. Um, this next one is a little bit more tricky. So you can see that white box there on this issue with Shaq on the cover, but you can see there's no address label printed in the box. So even though there is no address label in the box, this is still considered a subscription issue. And if you send it to CGC, it will come back labeled as subscription edition. and It'll be listed separately in the CGC census. So something to keep in mind, even though there's not an address printed on the white box, it is still considered a subscription issue. A couple more we're gonna look at here. This one's pretty easy. Um, I'm gonna zoom in. You can see that uh, someone tried to remove the subscription label, didn't do a very good job. This is pretty easy to spot. You've got yourself some subscription issue there. Um, this one, a lot more difficult. This is Johnny Bench's first Sports Illustrated cover. Man, if this is a newsstand, any condition, you've just hit the jackpot and it's a home run. But if you start zooming in a little bit here and you can kind of see that this was a vertical mailing label and you really can kind of see it by the the guys um the red part of his arm the guy in the cardinals uniform you zoom in you look really good um you can see that there is some either that's either glue residue or that his ink that has changed color because the glue's been on there so long much tougher to spot but this is still a subscription issue and if you were to buy this and send it into cgc for grading it's going to be labeled a subscription issue now, here's another one that is almost impossible to spot. Now, uh, again, I love making sure, full disclosure, this is an issue I bought on eBay, and it fooled me. Um, I did catch it before I sent it to CGC. But if we zoom in here, man, this thing looks clean, looks real nice. By the time I got this issue in my hands, I did what I always do for vintage issues, which is look for evidence of a label, different light, my UV light. Once I got this in my hands, I saw that there were faint traces of a vertical mailing label on there. So my bad, it wasn't advertised as a newsstand issue. I went and purchased it anyway. 
I'm out the you know 20 or 30 bucks that it cost me for this issue, but I'm not out the money I would have spent to get it graded because I caught it before I sent it to CGC um, and spending that money um, to get it graded. Um, I always hope that I can show you examples of mistakes I've made to keep you from making the same mistakes. Um, and this is coming from someone who's looked at thousands and thousands and thousands of issues. Every time you make a purchase, especially of a vintage issue, you're taking a risk as to whether it's newsstand or not. And think about it. Even if the seller on eBay or Facebook Marketplace or wherever you're going, even if um, they say, oh, yeah, that's a newsstand issue. Um, and you buy it and you send it into CGC and CGC's wait times are a year or two years. You really have no form of recourse by going back to that seller and going, hey, you sold me one that you said was newsstand and it came back subscription edition. Um, so you got to keep that in mind. The risk is on us. It's on you to make sure that you know how to recognize these things. And with practice and over time, you'll get better at it. But I can tell you, the risk is never zero. Like I just thought, I bought this Hank Aaron issue because it looked clean to me. Caught it before I sent it to CGC. Several other times I've had issues. Man, they were really nice issues too. One was Paul Horning's first Sports Illustrated cover. Um, another one was the first um, swimsuit issue ever. I've had several others that I was just 100% certain in my mind they were newsstand issues. Send them into CGC. You wait six months, a year, year and a half. You get it back later and you open that slab and you're so excited. And bam, right there on the label. Subscription edition. It is, it is uh, man, that's a buzzkill. Um, I hope this information was useful for you. Uh, you know, please subscribe to my YouTube, subscribe to my podcast. You can get it on every single podcast platform. Um, the other platforms I'm on also include Instagram and eBay and Twitter and TikTok. It's the same username everywhere. CGC Sports Illustrated. My email is CGC Sports Illustrated at gmail.com. Um, I really enjoy helping people in this hobby. So if you have questions, you want my opinion on something um, or anything else, shoot me a message. If you like something on my eBay store and you want me to make an offer, message me on one of these platforms. I can usually give you a better price off of eBay. Thanks for watching. Um, thanks for listening. And um, just have fun with this because that's what I certainly do. <clears throat>